It lays the predicate and the foundation for the development of a weather satellite that will permit man to determine the world's cloud layer and ultimately to control the weather and he who controls the weather will control the world. The illusion of freedom will continue as long as it's profitable to continue the illusion. At the point where the illusion becomes too difficult to maintain, they'll just take down the scenery. They'll pull back the curtains and they'll move the tables and chairs out of the way and you will see the brick wall at the back of the theater. A metaphorical snapshot of reality from Frank Zappa. Yes, the proverbial brick wall that the human race is about to hit at full velocity. In this broadcast, we will cover collapsing food webs, declining populations, mass wildlife die-off, unfolding co-extinctions, toxic air, soils, waters, and fish, dried-up rivers, and rainpocalypse deluge in the West. True or false? Flash freezes, engineered winter weather whiplash, and has climate engineering been banned? Again? And now-acknowledged atmospheric dust that we are told is masking planetary meltdown. Question, where could so much so-called atmospheric dust be coming from? Stay tuned for all this and more. Many who view this broadcast have heard former U.S. President Lyndon Johnson 60 years ago stating, quote, he who controls the weather controls the world. But let's go back four years earlier to 1958 from Lyndon Baines Johnson, as recorded in the New York Times, a 1958 report of a transcript from then U.S. Senator Lyndon Johnson. Johnson said, quote, from space, the masters of infinity would have the power to control the Earth's weather, to cause drought and flood, to change the tides and raise the levels of the sea, to divert the Gulf Stream and change temperate climates to frigid, end quote. This statement from a former U.S. president was made again 64 years ago. Question, how far has climate intervention technology advanced since then? Do you really want to know? Stay tuned. And to those that still don't believe covert climate intervention operations are a core part of the converging cataclysms we collectively face, think again. First headline from many sources, Al Gore World Economic Forum Meltdown. Quote, boiling the oceans, rain bombs, a billion climate refugees, end quote. Yes, Mr. Gore is indeed a hypocrite, known to fly in private jets and owning stock in the very companies he claims to be fighting against. But about his conclusions, is he right or wrong? And if wrong, in which direction is he wrong? What's most important about Gore's rant is not what he said, but what he never mentioned, the ongoing and accelerating covert climate intervention insanity. Mr. Gore, what part are geoengineering operations playing in all that you described? This is Dane Wigington with geoengineeringwatch.org. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the end of the world as we know it broadcast, commercial-free, non-political, and covering the most dire and immediate threats we collectively face. Moving on, more puzzle pieces, new from MIT.edu. This headline from this week, Will Technology Save Us from Climate Change? Question mark. From that report, the Thermal Industrial Development of our society has been possible due to resource extraction and the transformation of our environment. 
Unfortunately, the report states, it has led to severe environmental consequences. That's a gross understatement. Here's reality. Technology, with climate engineering and nuclear everything at the top of the list, has already led us to the edge of planetary omnicide. If you don't believe it, I understand. Who would want to? But stick with us through this broadcast before you make up your mind. Continuing from allafrica.com, a string of headlines. First this, thousands of animals disappearing as global food webs collapse. It's including aquatic food webs, by the way. Next headline, children born today will see literally thousands of animals disappear in their lifetime. Truly, it's hard to know how to address that headline. On the current statistical trajectory of mass die-off, Short of a complete course correction by our species, children born today won't be around any longer than the rest of us. We must change course. No other alternative. Next headline from allafrica.com. Coextinctions dominate future vertebrate losses from climate and land usage. Coextinction meaning again when species die off on which other species depend. Those other species then also die off. Thus the term Coextinction. Connect the dots. When the insects die, we die. When the wildlife dies, we die. When the trees die, we die. When the oceans die, we die. All of it is converging at once. Buckle up. We're in for a ride. Next headline. Climate change and wildlife. Three studies that reveal the devastating toll on Africa's animals. What's omitted from this report? All of these reports. Climate engineering a.k.a. weather warfare. Another headline, alarm as Tanzania and Kenya wildlife corridor disappears. Next headline, mass animal deaths as Namibia faces unprecedented drought. Drought deluge scenarios, the hallmark of climate intervention operations. These are just examples. There are many, many more. Not enough time to begin to cover even a fraction of them on this hour-long on-air broadcast, but I'll do my best. Moving on, next fun fact, or not-so-fun fact, headline from msn.com this week. Locally caught fish are full of dangerous chemicals called PFAS. Those are forever chemicals. That's what they're known as. New study finds. From france24.com and other sources, parallel headline, eating one wild fish is the same as a month of drinking tainted water. That sounds bad, only because it is. More on this extremely dire finding in a moment. From news.asu.edu, study of California groundwater prompts a wake-up call for Arizona. Just an example of the many urban areas that are about to dry up. Of course, the climate engineers could always change the script, couldn't they? The scheduled weather, as they did in California. Or did they? Is it really what we were told about California? Is the drought actually that much better? Or are we being lied to again? I'll get to that. From the Wake Up Call for Arizona headline I covered a moment ago, this. Deep groundwater took millions of years to accumulate, stated world-renowned water scientist Jay Famigletti. He continued with this quote. The current scale and pace of the depletion means that the recharging of the groundwater supply is virtually impossible. He continued with this. There is virtually no chance on human timescales to replace the losses, In quote. That doesn't sound very hopeful, does it? Question, how many know that the groundwater in many regions took millions of years to accumulate? Literally, not recharge zones. 
With all the ongoing mainstream media sensationalism on the Matrix-manipulated California rainpocalypse, how many know that California's largest reservoir, Lake Shasta, is still almost half empty? This is just one example of what the Matrix media of mass deception and distraction doesn't tell us. And even if the weathermakers decided to allow another few rounds of toxic climate engineering seeded rain into the formerly golden state, would that magically bring our forests back to life? No. Let's take a moment for a deeper look at all the trees that now get uprooted whenever the wind blows. The summer season in so many regions of the world is now six months or more. The atmospheric humidity is often a fraction of the historical norms thanks to the evaporation blocking atmospheric drying climate engineering desiccant particles like aluminum. So soil moisture is completely baked out. Tree feeder roots die off in mass just as so many tree canopies are dying back. Trees are dying back under the ground as well. The rain that does fall is toxic. Again, starting with bioavailable aluminum, a primary climate engineering element, which peer-reviewed science study proves disables and kills root systems. Summary, when the rain is allowed to fall, many trees get little benefit, again, because their feeder roots have died off. It takes a very long time for them to grow back under ideal circumstances. And because the toxic elements in the rain, like aluminum, shut down root uptake anyway. That organism, like trees, are trying to protect their DNA by not absorbing this harmful bioavailable element. Aluminum is abundant in the environment, yes, but not in free form, not bioavailable under normal natural circumstances. Further, the unprecedented drying of the soils by itself, in and of itself, has wiped out much of the soil microbiome, and then it's followed by toxic rain flash floods, All of this killing beneficial soil microorganisms. And what takes over? Harmful fungal elements infecting and further weakening trees and their root systems. Many forms of tree pests like beetles then take over and finish the job. And what do official agencies tell the public is the cause of the mass tree die-off? Just beetles, they say. Which again, are only a final symptom resulting from all the other factors I just covered. That, of course, the paid liars at official agencies completely omit. Pressing on, what else is dying by the day? New this week from Reuters.com, China's first population drop in six decades sounds alarm on demographic crisis. End of headline. The report says the country's shrinking labor force and downturn in manufacturing will further exacerbate high prices and high inflation in the United States and Europe. The death rate in China is the highest since 1974 during the Cultural Revolution. Toxic air, toxic water, toxic soils, toxic food. Are there even more toxic factors in this equation? You decide. From ABC News this week, water crisis as rivers across the world are drying up. The ABC report then states major rivers have dried up. Something strange is going on. That's right from the ABC report. Yes, something strange is going on. Look up. Our skies look like something out of a science fiction movie. These dots are not hard to connect. The climate engineering elephant in the sky couldn't be more obvious, could it? As mentioned at the start of this broadcast from France24.com, eating one wild fish, same as a month of drinking tainted water. It's from a new study. Reports says eating one 
wild freshwater fish caught in a river or lake in the United States is the equivalent of drinking a month's worth of water contaminated with toxic forever chemicals. Those are PFAS chemicals. New research said on Tuesday, that's of this week. Going back even to the late 80s and early 90s, when I spent so much time at the Channel Islands, some 50 miles out to sea, and I would subsist off the fish I caught there. And I finally reached a state biologist who told me off the record, stop eating those fish. Because he apparently knew that on top of all the other ocean dumping that's occurring, that our government had looked the other way for the dumping of half a million barrels of DDT into the Pacific Ocean between Los Angeles and Catalina Island. It's leaching out still today. No one has any clue on how to fix it. They're using the ocean as a toxic dumping ground for everything from DDT to nuclear waste. This was just one more factor that compelled me to undertake my decades-long march to sound the alarm. If wild-caught fish are this toxic, how much worse do farmed fish have to be? They're exponentially worse. In fact, farmed salmon is considered one of the most toxic foods you can eat. Eat it at your peril. As previously reported on this broadcast, based on recent peer-reviewed science study, there's not a single uncontaminated raindrop on planet Earth. Further, based on all available data, the highly toxic fallout from ongoing climate intervention operations, a.k.a. weather warfare, has ubiquitously contaminated the entire biosphere. There's nowhere to hide. There are virtually no forms of public disclosure for geoengineering atmospheric spraying operations. No environmental impact studies or reports. The weather makers can spray whatever they want with total impunity. They can blast the atmosphere with frequency transmissions to manipulate pressure zones and the sprayed particles themselves. There's no oversight, no accountability. The consequences for the entire web of life, including us, are not a consideration for the controllers. They've long since made it clear that they'll stop at nothing to maintain their unchecked power until the moment of total collapse, which now draws near. With each passing week, as the climate system continues to unravel, being further fueled by climate intervention operations, climate engineering cover-up agencies are completely changing the long-term weather script. From one day to the next, many of the script-reading so-called weather forecast agencies, a.k.a., again, climate engineering cover-up organizations like the Weather Channel and AccuWeather, change their script for the long term. Example, several weeks ago, the AccuWeather script readers showed no rain, no scheduled weather, for the month of February in the Lake Shasta region of Northern California, where my off-grid wilderness home is. Then a week ago, AccuWeather altered the script, showing rain for almost the entire month of February in my region. And now, back to almost no rain for February. The script in so many parts of the world is in a constant state of flux. Climate engineering, weather, whack-a-mole, fueling ever more extreme weather whiplash. So-called winter storm Iggy is the latest engineered winter weather creation from the climate intervention cabal. The sensationalized but not so sensational so-called winter storm dropped a whopping one to three inches of chemically nucleated frozen material over some regions of the U.S. Some areas got a bit more, but nothing spectacular. The weather makers are trying to desperately dump a few flakes on New York to break the snow drought there. They have 
at least two more engineered storms in the queue, if you will, with moisture likely to be pumped from the record-warm Gulf of Mexico. And the moisture for winter storm Iggy also came from the record-warm Gulf of Mexico. Like so many previous engineered so-called storms in the U.S., Iggy had a warm side, complete with thunderstorms and tornadoes, and a cold side. And here's how it works. By utilizing atmospheric pressure zone manipulation with facilities like HARP in Alaska, one of many that are the same function as HARP, though not as powerful, moisture from the record warm Gulf of Mexico is funneled northward. Severe weather and tornadoes are a part of that impact. As the flow gets further north, it's wrapped around the counterclockwise rotating low pressure zone. They have been carrying these operations out a number of times near the record warm Great Lakes because they're picking up more moisture from those bodies of water because much of that moisture is evaporated by the desiccant particles. But the chemical ice nucleating cloud seeding is conducted along the entire route of this flow. And on the so-called backside of the so-called winter storm, Iggy in this case, the result is the so-called cold side of the storm. Again, toxic, chemically ice-nucleated frozen material hits the surface, but don't eat it. Toxic snow, toxic water, toxic fish, toxic people, toxic world. Snow, or rather chemically nucleated frozen material, now so often has nothing to do with elevation. You just need to be on the so-called cold side of the winter storm, where according to climate engineering cover-up actors like those at the Matrix-controlled weather channel, where the rain, quote, changes over to snow, often beginning at well above freezing temperatures. A layer of cold, dense air can remain on the surface for multiple days after the weather makers have carried out a chemical ice nucleation cool-down by seeding the moisture that flows over a specific region. Cold surface air can also be blown in from other regions where climate engineering and chemical ice nucleation operations are being conducted. In regard to any weather scenario anywhere, it is essential to constantly consider the climate engineering factor in the equation. As mentioned at the start of this broadcast, is climate engineering going to be banned? Is that possible? Let's consider some headlines on this subject. First from gizmodo.org. This week, Mexico bans geoengineering after startup stunt. That's exactly what it was. A publicity stunt. Nothing more. From CNBC, Mexico cracks down on geoengineering. Is this hopeful or smoke and mirrors? What do you think? Next, from climatechangenews.com, Mexico plans to ban solar geoengineering after rogue experiment. What happened in Baja, California meant nothing. Simply mass distraction that Matrix Media was directed to exploit. And that's what they did. An individual launching a few balloons that might have carried a few pounds of material into the atmosphere. In the meantime, thousands of jets crisscrossed the skies all over the world, dumping tens of millions of tons annually into the atmosphere, which lab tests have proven, which film footage has proven, which atmospheric testing has proven. View the dimming documentary for free on geoengineeringwatch.org. Decide for yourself. Now let's rewind to 2018 from the ETC group. This headline, Immediate Stop to Climate Geoengineering. From that report, demanded by 110 civil society organizations and popular movements, ETC Group monitors the impact of emerging technologies and corporate strategies on biodiversity, agriculture, and human rights. 
ETC group is simply part of the smoke and mirrors distraction. Here's another example of that distraction to consider. This headline, countries agree to ban geoengineering. This report states climate technologies prohibition is adopted under the UN Biodiversity Treaty. The report states more than 190 nations agreed to ban geoengineering as part of an action under a United Nations treaty to protect the diversity of life on Earth. The countries, which are parties to the 1992 UN Framework Convention on Biodiversity, met for a conference of treaty partners in Nagoya, Japan. Sounds encouraging, doesn't it? But again, it was all smoke and mirrors. The headline I just covered was from November of 2010. The completely meaningless so-called ban on geoengineering was, again, just another deception. In this case... Also, by the ETC group, pretending that climate engineering was just a proposal and then pretending that their moratorium had meaning, which it didn't. Many went back to sleep after this pretend action. Question, how does this help in the battle to expose and halt the ongoing climate engineering insanity? It doesn't. And after this particular biodiversity conference ban, I spoke with some of the ETC group leaders And they had no interest in the truth. None. Who's paying their bills, I would ask. One last example of the endless deception being spewed out by sources that claim to be telling the truth. From subjecttoclimate.org. This headline, geoengineering, a horrible idea we might have to do. No, not might have to do, already did, starting over 75 years ago with catastrophic consequences that can't be reversed in any time frame that matters. And this final footnote for the record, if it's not already clear, climate engineering operations were never about saving the planet from other forms of human damage. These operations, geoengineering, are and always have been about power and control, now more than ever. So when you see a headline that pretends climate engineering isn't actually happening, you know you're dealing with distraction and deception. When you see any article or report about the climate from any perspective that doesn't acknowledge the climate engineering factor first and foremost, again, you know you're dealing with deception. Any discussion of the climate from any perspective that doesn't include the weather, warfare, geoengineering, solar radiation management, climate engineering factor isn't legitimate. On that note, This week from the WorldEconomicForum.org, the following headline report. Climate change is adding to a growing infectious disease burden. We need coordinated action now. That's the end of the headline. Question, should we all feel safe and sound knowing that the World Economic Forum is looking after our health and welfare? Or is there much more to the story? You decide. You're listening to the weekly installment of Global Alert News, the bad news broadcast, installment number 389, January 21st, 2023. This is Dane Wigington, your host. Global Alert News is brought to you by geoengineeringwatch.org, G-E-O, the word engineeringwatch.org, the largest and most visited website in the world on the subject of climate intervention operations, known as geoengineering. The commercial-free, non-political Global Alert News Hour is now broadcast on AM and FM stations in Florida, Texas, two stations in San Francisco, Sacramento, San Diego, two Colorado stations including Denver, Portland, Phoenix, Pittsburgh, Santa Cruz, San Bernardino, California, Washington State, Alabama, Columbus, Ohio, 
New York State, two stations in the far north of California, Tucson, Arizona, and the Carolinas, north and south. Geoengineering Watch wishes to express our deepest gratitude to those that have helped us to expand our reach and thus our voice in this desperate last hour effort to sound the alarm. If you're on our email list, please put us on your email contact book so that our mail outs don't go to the spam file. Please help us to share the groundbreaking documentary, The Dimming, which fully exposes the climate engineering atrocities, now with over 1 million views on YouTube. The best way to share is by circulating the direct link to the dimming by email directly from the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org. Sharing directly helps us to overcome social media censorship. When viewing our YouTube of the dimming or global alert news or any other geoengineering watch video on YouTube, please subscribe, share, and comment, all of which helps us to circulate critically important data to a much wider audience. And about reaching those that still aren't looking up, geoengineering watch awareness raising materials can be found on our homepage. Our only goal, to provide activists what they need to move this fight forward. There's very high-quality printed materials that we pass on at below our actual cost of printing and shipping. We now have new Geoengineering Watch hoodies to go with our new Geoengineering Watch shirts, both with very high-quality four-color images front and back. The image is of a military jet tanker descending down over the planet and spraying. A dimming sun is in the background with this caption, in red letters, stop climate engineering, investigate, and below that, geoengineeringwatch.org. Scannable business cards and bumper stickers, all effective tools to help strike up a conversation on the climate engineering issue. Waking the masses to the climate engineering onslaught is the great imperative. If we can expose it, we can stop it from the inside out as we awaken our military brothers and sisters to what they're participating in, their demise and ours. And this footnote, if you want to share a picture with the Geoengineering Watch t-shirt or hoodie, perhaps at a gym, farmer's market, busy street, or somewhere downtown, please send us your photo so that we can post it as part of our activist compilation, which is now part of our materials page. The images encourage others to make their voices heard in this all-important battle to sound the alarm. Final footnote, if you know of any radio station that might be interested in airing the non-political commercial-free Global Alert News Hour, the broadcast is available for free, and we make it very simple for the stations to access our weekly on-air file. If a station is interested, have them contact us at the following email, admin at geoengineeringwatch.org. We'll take it from there. This battle is a team effort. If we can awaken the masses, we could yet alter the equation in the right direction. Civilization, indeed human existence, is in its twilight hours, and the majority are still bickering about scripted political idiocy, deliberate efforts of the matrix controllers to polarize, divide, and distract, and the majority take the bait over and over and over. Again, anyone who has anything to say about the climate from any perspective that doesn't first and foremost address the climate engineering elephant in the equation isn't telling you the truth. Moving on, on the theme of not telling us the truth, new from the UK Guardian, atmospheric dust may have hidden true extent of global heating. From that report, material from dry landscapes has surged since the 1800s, possibly the report says helping to cool the planet for decades. They say about 26 million tons of dust are suspended in our atmosphere. This is a science estimate. They say its effects are complicated. That's a gross understatement. No, not just complicated, catastrophic. Here's the truth. There are many members of the so-called climate science community that are covertly promoting climate engineering by claiming that the so-called aerosol masking effect, a.k.a. an atmosphere that is saturated with toxic nanoparticle filth is the only thing saving us from ourselves 
these power structure puppet scientists will never mention the downstream domino effect of spraying skies all over the world with aluminum, barium, strontium, manganese, polymer fibers, surfactants, graphene, and more, all listed on climate engineering patents, all showing up in precipitation tests all over the world, all of it in nanoparticle form, which is the most bioavailable and toxic of all. What could go wrong? And the so-called experts are only able to tell us that, quote, the effects are complicated. Here's a final excerpt from the UK Guardian report. The study published in Nature Reviews Earth and Environment warns that the current climate models fail to take into account the effect of atmospheric dust. Question, why not? Because the entire system, from make-believe air quality testing to bought and paid-for science actors, are manipulated and orchestrated to mask threats from populations, not to disclose them. How's that not clear by now? And for the record, the final point applies to numerous equations and threats, not just this one. Moving on, new headline from RadioEcoshock.org. Dark science, gone glaciers, and sudden warming. This report covertly pushes climate engineering. Stay with me. The report states, new heat records for January were set in Hungary, Switzerland, Lithuania, Czech Republic, and Denmark. This comes after a series of cold spells lasting almost two weeks in Northern Europe. In the Northern Hemisphere, the report states, the waves of the jet stream now often go from Arctic cold to tropical hot. It was 21 degrees C, about 70 degrees Fahrenheit, in Bavaria on New Year's Eve, exclamation point, they say. They continue, Earth has just over 200,000 glaciers spattered all over from Alaska to the Andes, from Scandinavia to Nepal, Africa, all over. Around 100,000 of them, they say, will be gone during the lifetimes of our children. Gross understatement. The climate collapse is here. It is accelerating far more rapidly than any of these so-called environmental sites will tell us. They then say sea level rise will be much higher than we have been told. That part's true. They then say this. Our pollution, which reacts in the atmosphere to become a particle that can reflect light and help form clouds that also reflect light, they say, actually helps cool the planet. New science warns as governments clear the air to save our health, Earth will experience more warming faster than ever. Hope everyone caught that. More covert selling of climate engineering sprayed skies as mitigation for meltdown when the exact opposite is true in an overall context. Climate engineering creates short-term highly toxic cooldowns that come at the cost of an even worse overall warming. Chemical ice nucleation for weather modification engineered winter events that skew the statistics that mask the totality of planetary meltdown, along with these particles in the sky creating a total contamination of the entire planet and the decimation of Earth's life support systems, hydrological cycle, ozone layer, the list is long. The report then admits that the atmospheric particle filth, which a moment ago they insinuated was saving us from ourselves, also causes drought. The study says, quote, human-made particles in clouds decrease rainfall because they're too small to form rain. Too many small condensation nuclei migrates the moisture further and you get the featureless rain in the skies. That's exactly what geoengineeringwatch.org has stated on the record for a decade and a half. Search the engineering drought section on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn more. Continuing with the radioecoshock.org disinformation report. 
Quote, a group of non-scientists have long claimed there is a conspiracy to cool Earth already by spraying something into the air. They focus, i.e., the conspiracy theorists, on alleged airplane emissions resulting in what they term, quote, chemtrails. It turns out, they say, that chemtrails are real, but not secret after all. Well, a bit of truth from the EcoShock report, quote, chemtrails are real, but not secret at all, end quote. No, not a secret for any that aren't hopelessly programmed and with their eyes wide shut. Climate engineering denial is far beyond ludicrous at this point, and more so by the day. Final excerpt from the RadioEcoShock.org report. Quote, one of the biggest concerns about geoengineering-like injection of sulfates into the upper atmosphere is what happens when it stops for any reason. They say, economic breakdown to war or political change. Let's stop there. We already have all of this. Climate-engineered, filth-filled skies, economic breakdown, and political theater. It's not coming. It's here. But there are yet more dire and unaddressed concerns for the Global Climate Engineering Manhattan Project that was deployed over 75 years ago. The scientific term for a sudden cessation of the climate intervention insanity is called double catastrophe scenario. The so-called climate science community would have us believe that once deployed, the climate engineering can never be stopped, as if it is somehow possible to keep it going forever. Here's reality. Climate engineering is weather warfare, a one-way ticket to near-term planetary omnicide. If it isn't stopped soon, we're all done. Search Geoengineering Watch Double Catastrophe Scenario to learn more. Perhaps someone at RadioEcoShock.org should take the time to view the dimming documentary, if they have any regard for the truth. Moving on from multiple sources, Europe, we were told would be brutally cold, but began winter with record-shattering warmth. Again, this is another example of a script alteration by the climate engineers, but now they're trying to make up for lost ground. Let's add this headline from the UK Express. Weather maps show wall of snow to blanket UK in days as negative 11C Arctic freeze engulfs the nation. From the report, a freezing Arctic weather blast will see the recent mild temperatures across the UK plummet as sub-zero conditions and heavy snow grips the country. Again, winter weather whiplash. Climate engineering core to the equation, and the cold surface temperatures are largely created by chemical ice-nucleating cloud-seeding elements. We've tested precipitation in many regions And we have found these particulates in every single frozen material precipitation test. Same theme from netweather.tv. Polar low brings heavy snow and blizzard conditions to northern Scotland. Well, it all sounds so cold, 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 doesn't it? And that's the intent. That's one of the psychological aspects of climate engineering. To engineer, cool down, sensationalize them, and thus convince the public that everything's fine when it's anything but. Sure, we just had record warmth in Europe, record-shattering warmth. But now it's cold, so everything must be fine after all. Not so much. Here's some statistics that few know. We have just passed the 46th consecutive year of above normal global temperatures. We've had 468 months in a row of above normal global temperatures. There's nothing normal about that. And that's in spite of the fact that 
high temperatures are being underreported, not overreported, but underreported around the globe, and climate engineered cool downs skew the temperature data to the cool side, masking the true totality of planetary meltdown. And again, the cool downs come at a cost of an even worse overall warming. Climate engineering particles trapping more heat than they deflect, destroying the ozone layer, crushing forests around the globe, killing plankton. The list is long. It would take a lot longer than I have on this broadcast to even begin to cover it. More headlines. This one from 24leak.com. Mass climate migration is coming. No, not coming. It's here and accelerating by the day. So many of what are called migrants are actually refugees, environmental collapse refugees. Yes, I know there's bad elements amongst these people, but most of them are simply trying to survive and their numbers will grow unimaginably in the coming weeks and months. From the UK Guardian, this, coastal residents fear, quote, hideous seawalls will block waterfront views. The report says, Aesthetics and social inequity are cause for concern as locals grapple with proposals to protect cities from climate change. Let's start with Miami that's spending a billion dollars plus a year just trying to keep their streets pumped out and dry. Just the beginning. This is a non-linear equation. Can't state that strongly enough. As this process and the feedback loops begin to accelerate, the earth changes that we are seeing will become unimaginably rapid. And the notion that man can continue to tech his way out of these cascading events that human activity has created is completely delusional. It's not going to happen. To any that are still clinging to the conclusion that more technology will save us from what technology has done to us so far, I would ask, how's that going? Not so well. Moving on. As mentioned at the beginning of this broadcast, were we told the truth about the California Rainpocalypse. Let's start with this. From MSN.com, drone footage shows dramatic improvement in California reservoir levels. Another headline from SFGate.com, dramatic flooding in Santa Cruz County amid latest California storm. From MSN.com, in California, a drought turned to floods. Forecasters didn't see it coming. Here's the truth. The climate engineers have altered the entire script for the long-term forecast, a.k.a. the scheduled weather. They do it again and again and again. Continuing with the sfgate.com report, the stark contrast between the staggering amount of precipitation in recent weeks and the CPC's seasonal precipitation outlook, that's the Climate Prediction Center, by the way, issued before the winter, which leaned toward below normal precipitation for at least half of California, has water managers lamenting the unreliability of seasonal forecasts. It's because they're not forecasts at all. It's the schedule weather. They continue, most of California has seen rainfall totals 200 to 600% above normal over the past month. Let's stop there. That's statistical manipulation. Consider that if you record a rainfall event at a specific place and at a specific time, and there is no former record of a significant rainfall occurring at that exact place on that exact calendar day and at that exact time, then one could say that it is the most rain in recorded history in that situation. Again, on the exact day and time, which doesn't mean anything if averaged out over a longer period of time. The highly sensationalized rainpocalypse adds up to a localized flash flooding event. Nothing more. The rain was concentrated in specific regions. Matrix Media, as I covered in last week's broadcast, painted a picture of the entire state of California being underwater. An absolute lie. Overall rainfall 
in many regions of the state were within the realm of former historical norms, meaning before the climate engineers began to cut off the flow of precipitation from the western U.S., the, quote, normal precipitation is a constantly changing statistic based on the most recent 30 years in most cases. Many of those 30 years were very dry, so any rain we do get now seems more than it really is. Let's plug this into the highly sensationalized California Rainpocalypse Matrix Media Theater. The following statement is from the California Department of Water Resources. Quote, due to historic drought throughout California, most major reservoirs, including Lake Oroville, remain low, end quote. For example, the major reservoirs, Lake Shasta and Lake Oroville, are both still about half empty, both still well below normal for this time of year. We didn't see the Matrix media mentioning these facts as they sensationalized the rainpocalypse-targeted regions. So are the big reservoirs just letting out all their water? No, that's another commonly propagated lie. For example, the Orville Dam output is at 650 cubic feet per second. That's the minimum flow output. Shasta Dam is not far behind from the last visit I made to the Sacramento River below the dam. I know I covered some of this in the last broadcast, but all week long, all this week, so many corporate media sources continued to sensationalize, painting a picture of overflowing reservoirs all over the state of California, when in fact the only reservoirs that were full were the small, shallow ones that were in the rain-concentrated regions, which is what the Matrix Media covered. Now consider this article from U.S. News & World Report, Water Content of California Snowpack Far Above Normal Levels. Here's the caveat with this report. When was this headline published? just over a year ago. An almost parallel matrix media sensationalization of California having so much drought-busting rain and snow. And what came last summer for California? A deepening of the worst drought in at least 1,200 years. And there's this from the LA Times, January of last year. California snowpack is far above normal amid January storms. Again, I ask, how'd that work out in the end? Another summer of catastrophic record drought in 2022. First, as Geoengineering Watch has stated on the record for a decade and a half, the climate engineers control the flow of precipitation, where it rains, where it doesn't, and how toxic that rain will be. Remember the toxic fish covered at the start of this broadcast, not an uncontaminated drop anywhere on the planet at this point. Next, orographic enhanced rainfall, the additional rain that should occur over mountainous regions, in so many cases, isn't occurring. That's a direct result of climate engineering operations. Excess atmospheric particulate spraying, which the RadioEcoShock.org article admitted to the effect of these particles, and frequency transmissions, which scatter those particles over a wider region. And this final primary point, remember the term sublimation. This is what is occurring with much of the artificially chemically nucleated frozen material that we're told is just naturally nucleated snow. The artificially nucleated so-called snow tends to partially sublimate, which means it transitions from a solid to a gas without going through a liquid state, aka the runoff water that life depends on is reduced because of this artificially nucleated material. Think of another artificial form of frozen material that I've pointed out before, dry ice, that completely sublimates, no liquid at all, from a solid to a gas. After all the media hype on the California rain, only one state away, this new headline from the UK Daily Mail, our water tanks will be dry within days. Arizona City cuts off water 
to neighbors amid drought as desperate residents demand water now and count down until dwindling supplies run out. From that report, Scottsdale stopped selling water to the Rio Verde foothills, eliminating the water source for a thousand people. Last week, residents of the foothills sued Scottsdale for cutting off a utility as families struggle to procure water to power their lives. Water in Arizona has been a major socio-political issue for years as authorities and communities understand the reality that Lake Mead is drying up. Again, for the record, there's about 40 million people that depend on the Colorado River for their sustenance. And the climate engineers control the spigot. Question how many of the now waterless residents will be willing to look up and connect the climate engineering puzzle piece in the equation. For a decade and a half, geoengineeringwatch.org has been desperately trying to sound the alarm. What will it take to trigger the landslide of awakening? Back to the dying forests of the western U.S. from Oregon State University. This headline from this week. As climate warms, drier air likely to be more stressful than less rainfall for Douglas fir trees. Went over the furpocalypse science study in a previous broadcast. But this reports a follow-up and states Douglas fir trees will likely experience more stress from drier air as the climate changes than they will suffer from less rain. Computer modeling by Oregon State University scientists shows. Do these so-called scientists know anything other than their power structure controlled computer modeling? Anybody that lives in a forest knows what's wrong. And As I've been over in so many broadcasts, vapor pressure deficit, the lack of humidity in the air, which is exactly what this report from Oregon State University is finally admitting to, that when you reduce atmospheric RH so much that the flora can't open its stomata, its respiratory ports, it can't feed, it can't breathe, it's not absorbing carbon, they're not releasing Oxygen. The forests don't smell like a forest because of this. The climate engineering desiccant particles that not only block the sun, which reduces direct evaporation, they alter convection, which reduces overall wind, which reduces evaporation again over the oceans. But the desiccant particles dry up atmospheric humidity, causing exactly this effect, causing the contributing to the furpocalypse in addition to the toxic rain when it does fall, the dying root systems, the destroyed ozone layer. And yet we have sources like radioecoshock.org, which I covered earlier in this broadcast, trying to tell us that all the filth in our skies, so much of which is climate engineering aerosols, is actually saving us from ourselves. What a blatant, glaring deception that is. I so miss the smell of the forest. Forests don't smell like a forest anymore for all the reasons I just cited. The trees are no longer breathing. They're suffocating. They're dying. Their roots are dying. Their crowns are dying. We're in the fast track to a lifeless planet. Let's continue on this theme from Yahoo News. Satellites detect no real climate benefit from 10 years of forest carbon offsets in California. The report says the findings send a grim message about the efforts to control climate change. This is all a massive sham. The forest carbon offsets, meaning that somewhere someone agrees to leave their forest alone and not log it. And that gives some corporation the right to pollute more, as if that forest is going to make up for that pollution. It's not, because the forests are dying all over the globe. And as I've stated in many previous broadcasts, you can no longer plant the 
saplings that are genetically adapted to a given area, like my region of Northern California. They're called plugs, and I could plant about 250 trees in a day in the past with about a 95% success rate, meaning 95% of those trees made it through the first year. Success rate now is zero for all the reasons already cited. These forests are not coming back, not in any time frame that matters, and now being exposed that, quote, forest carbon offsets, nothing but a sham. The same is true of the COP climate conferences, nothing but smoke and mirrors, and the nonprofit status-controlled environmental organizations, all under the thumb of the money printers. More on this theme from theconversation.org. Climate change is threatening Madagascar's famous forest. Our study shows how serious it is. As I stated earlier in this broadcast, and I have so many other times, any source that mentions anything about the climate from any perspective without first and foremost addressing the climate engineering issue is deception, period. Climate engineering operations and all that entails, all its ramifications, are an even bigger threat to the world's trees than the changing climate from other sources. I'm not denying those sources, and I'm not denying that anthropogenic activity is wreaking havoc on the planet. Never denied that. But I'm saying climate engineering is an even more dangerous part of the equation that must be exposed. Another headline from sciencealert.com. The fall of the Amazon could trigger a global cascade of tipping points. No, not could, not may, not might, already has. We have already gone through the guardrail. Been over that on so many broadcasts. Wait and see. If you don't believe it, wait and see. New from CBS News. More tipping points admitted to, though they are still far behind the curve. This headline from this week, ocean heat shatters record with warming equal to five atomic bombs exploding every second. Been over that in previous broadcasts, but CBS just catching up. Researchers say it's getting worse. Yes, it is getting worse. It's already up to seven atomic bombs per second. That's the thermal energy contained in seven Hiroshima bombs per second. The CBS report states during World War II, the U.S. dropped an atomic bomb in Hiroshima, Japan, wiping out 90% of the city. Last year, researchers say the ocean is heating up an amount equivalent to the energy in five of these bombs detonating underwater every second for 24 hours a day for the entire year. It's up to seven now, by the way. Again, if the heat from the surface can't mix, they say, with the cooler water below, the surface will only get warmer and reduce how much carbon the water can store, an ability that is vital to extending the global warming process. Also, Less oxygen. We are heading toward what I have stated in many broadcasts, Canfield Ocean, lifeless, superheated, stratified, dead zones. Oceans die, we die. Back to the bottom of the world from InsideClimateNews.org. Scientists report a dramatic drop in the extent of Antarctic sea ice. It's at record lows right now and dropping quickly. The report states, this is a follow-up, reported on this in the past. Links between global warming and the decline of sea ice in the Southern Ocean are still unclear, they say, but climate can't be ruled out as a driver. Stop and consider the absurdity of that. Been over this type of scenario before. It takes a team of scientists to determine that the ice could be melting because it's getting warmer. We live in an asylum. The halls of so-called academia on many fronts are morally bankrupt. Courage, honor, morality, all but non-existent. Next headline from the Washington Post. Parts of Greenland now hotter than at any time in the past 1,000 years, scientists say. This report continues with more absurdity, starting with this. We find that the 2001 to 2011 decade was the warmest of the whole period of 1,000 years. That's on Greenland. Because warming has only continued since that time, the findings are probably an underestimate of how much the climate 
in the high altitude areas of northern and central Greenland has changed. Really, probably an underestimate? No, a gross underestimate of a planetary meltdown equation that's unimaginably nonlinear and growing more so by the day. Abrupt climate collapse being further fueled by climate intervention operations in the attempt to mask what's happening from the public. They are making the situation exponentially worse and contaminating every single breath we take. The planet is broken. Nature is broken. Collectively, the human race is why. How clear can that be at this point? No, the earth changes that are occurring are not due to cyclical patterns or natural processes. Spearheading the destruction is the insatiable lust for total power and control by the global predator class, which again, for the record, couldn't do what they do without the active or passive support of the majority population. This must change. In epochs of Earth's history, for the early humans that hunted and gathered nature's bounty, which provided everything for free, but no more. Now, as we drown in the arrogance and hubris of industrialized, militarized, so-called society, the clinically insane at the wheel continue to convince the flock that we just need more technology to fix what technology decimated in the first place. Is that not the true definition of insanity? So again, this question, what do we do? What can we do? Answer, we prioritize. We start with facing the biggest single hole in the bottom of the boat. Climate engineering, a.k.a. weather warfare. Man's attempt to play God with the weather is preventing the planet from responding on its own to the damage already done from countless other forms of insane and unsustainable human activity. The key to waking others is to plant a seed without triggering their defenses. Less is often more. Don't say too much. Tell them that the governments around the globe have covertly deployed climate engineering operations without public knowledge or consent or any environmental impact studies whatsoever. Make mention of the fact that these operations are drastically affecting weather patterns and contaminating our atmosphere. State that the public has a right to know. Perhaps consider passing on a geoengineering watch full color, scannable business card, flyer, or booklet, and move on. Unless they show a clear interest in knowing more at that time, and even then... Be cautious. Less is more. Once you trigger defense systems, the individual goes on autopilot. Consideration of the issue stops. We're participants in a grand game of chess on which life on Earth literally depends. We must learn how to play effectively and efficiently. We must play to win. There's no other option. No matter what others do or don't, we are only responsible for our own actions, for the correct use of our own will, given our individual circumstances and challenges. All we are ever responsible for, all that our maker has ever asked of us, is to try, to do our best, to be our best. Never give up, ever. Check the activist suggestions link on the homepage of geoengineeringwatch.org to learn specific details on how you can help to move this fight forward. Make your voice heard while it can still make a difference. Every single day counts at this late hour. Until next week, face to the wind. This is Dane Wigington from geoengineeringwatch.org.